0: Hello and welcome in to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I am Jeremiah Johnson. This is episode number 55 and today we're going to be talking about chasing greatness. I as always want to thank our listeners all across the world that are listening. We are nearing the 2.5k total play mark and I really appreciate that. We have lots of great content. Now 55 episodes for you to go back and listen to different stories, different hosts, different word of encouragement. It's awesome. I did this on one of the other podcasts that I host called Modern Christian Dads. You can check that one out as well. But I talked about on our platform, Anchor, that we use the various countries that listen to this podcast. And as of right now, people from the United States, Sweden, United Kingdom, France, Belgium, and Russia have listened to the Grace Point Daily Podcast, so I really appreciate that. I hope you're encouraged. I hope this helps you follow Jesus each and every day. Amen, right? So today I want to talk about chasing greatness. I want to read to you a scripture from John chapter 14, verses 9 to 21. I'm going to read it out of the voice version. Follow with me, if you will, or just listen. That's the point of a podcast, right? Jesus to Philip said, I have lived with you all this time and you still don't know who I am. If you have seen me, you have seen the father. How can you keep asking to see the father? Don't you believe me when I say I abide in the father and the father dwells in me? I'm not making this up as I go along. The father has given me these truths that I've been speaking to you and he empowers all my actions. Accept these truths. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. If you have trouble believing based on my words, believe because of the things I have done. I tell you the truth. Whoever believes in me will be able to do what I have done, but they will do even greater things because I will return to be with the Father. Whatever you ask for in my name, I will do it so that the Father will get glory from my Son. Let me say it again. If you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. And so today, I want to talk about chasing greatness because when I, that's one of those scriptures I remember reading when I first became a follower of Jesus. And I still read today and it gets me so excited. gets me pumped up. I'm like, God, I want to do great things for you. But the question is, how? How do I do, how do I become great for you, Jesus? And so today, this is not a self-help, self-motivation. You can go to Tony Robbins and other people for that. But today, I want to talk about chasing the greatness of God in your life and the reality is whether we are a Jesus follower or not we love to watch greatness don't we we all love to watch great things I'm a sports guy I talk about it all the time nothing better than watching LeBron Kevin Durant Steph Curry at the peak of their game to just to watch greatness unfold whether it's a musician or an actor or I went saw the Captain Marvel that was man that was a great movie right But hopefully we've all desired to achieve greatness and we're seeking to achieve greatness in our own lives. And here's what I want to encourage you with today on this podcast is Jesus said, we are destined for greatness. You are. And again, this isn't self-help mumbo jumbo, but God says in his word, John chapter 14, that you are destined for greatness. But the reality is that there is the short answer. There's no magic way to get to greatness. I want to give you a couple examples. This year, as I strive to be greater in my field, I'm a pastor, I'm a podcaster, I'm an influencer, if you will. That's what I, I love that term, and I like to consider myself that as well, an influencer. But I want to be better. I want to be greater. And so one of the ways that we can do that, and we have to intentionally do that, is by getting around other people that are better than us. So Doug Reed, who's been on this podcast before, at the beginning of the year, I said, man, I want to schedule three times, three mentorship times where we can get together and we can just hang out and you can speak into my life, you can rebuke me, correct me, whatever it is, I just want to be around you so that I can become greater, right? And so a week or two, a couple weeks ago now, I drove up to Kansas City and hung out with Doug Reed, and it was amazing. I love hearing his heart and what's happening in his life. But what was very interesting is I was, this whole conversation, just kind of waiting for the magic secret, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to get the insights now to greatness. Who here it comes, you know? And uh, it, it just never seemed to come. And the one theme that seemed to continue to be spoken over and over again in that conversation with Doug was, Jeremiah, just keep doing good. Keep being faithful and do what God has told you to do. Jeremiah, just keep being faithful, keep doing good, and do what God has called you to do. And I'm like, that's it? That's, that's the secret? And so sometimes we are so consumed that there is this magic sauce or magic secret to greatness, and really there isn't one, okay? That's, that's the bottom line. And so I realized with, after meeting with Doug, it's not about trying to find some magic secret. It's about being faithful and consistent and obedient the little things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And then the second thing that really inspired my thought for today was I was watching a podcast or actually a YouTube video called The School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. And he's a secular guy and he interviews Christian guys. He's a really cool guy. And he was interviewing Kobe, Kobe Bryant, talking about the Mamba mentality. Now, Kobe Bryant is one of the greatest basketball players that has ever lived. I don't believe he's the GOAT, uh, but he is great. Five-time NBA champion and so he sits down with Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant was known as the Mamba the black Mamba in his playing days and what that simply meant was that he had a killer instinct he was not afraid to shoot he wasn't afraid to take the last shot he was always aggressive and so where did this mentality how was it cultivated how was it developed how did how did he become such a great basketball player and that was the goal of Lewis as he was sitting down is trying to get in Kobe's brain and figuring this out. And as I watched some of this video, here's some of the takeaways, some of the things that he said verbatim, but some of the things that I took away that I thought were interesting. The first thing that he talked about was that number one is that I just worked harder than everyone else. Kobe Bryant, his, he is a son of a professional NBA player. He grew up in Italy, speaking fluent Italian. His dad played in Italy, and that's how he grew up. And then he transitioned back to Philadelphia. And uh, so he went to a basketball camp and he started playing with these other kids and you know being an african american that the son of an nba player in italy he was kind of looked down upon because these other inner city african american kids were like you're not legit you're not real etc all these kind of things and when he started off playing as a young high schooler he wasn't very good he talked about in his first game he scored 0 points and he came away from that game with two things that he realized. Number 1, he said what was an amazing moment in his life is after that game of scoring zero points his father came up to him and said, "Listen, I whether you ever score any points or not, I love you. I love you." And I really want to make that clear at the top of everything that I'm going to say in the next few minutes is that our Christianity is not a points-based system. It's not like we're trying to I'm trying to score more points than you. God loves us no matter what. No matter how no matter how many Points I score, God loves you. He cares about you and he has greatness for your life. Amen. But number two, he realized that if I'm going to become great, I'm going to have to work extremely hard. And so he began to develop patterns and began to play and shoot and practice more than everyone else, which led to greatness. You know, sometimes we are just existing in our Christianity. We're never developing, intentionally developing a greater spiritual life. And then we wonder, why aren't we doing greater things for God? So it's not that we have to work harder in our Christianity, but if we begin to do work harder at doing the fundamentals of our faith, we will see greater things God doing in our life. The second thing was he realized that he had to develop a plan that won't happen overnight. So in this game, he scores zero points and he realizes, wow, all these basketball players are way better than I am. And I can't just you know, it's not like after the game, I can go shoot for two hours and all of a sudden I'm going to magically be better. I'm going to have to systematically, I'm going to have to develop a plan of how I'm going to be better. So he said, you know, I began to shoot jump shots. I began to shoot free throws. I began to do these fundamental things. And in the next two years, I was the best basketball player in the state. And he did achieve that goal. He talked about, you know, when other people played five hours a week, I played two hours a day. And he said, I wasn't better than everyone else. I just practiced more. Now, again, I want you to be very careful because I'm not talking about works-based faith in this podcast, but if you're going to be greater, if you're going to do the greater things that Jesus has in store for you, you're going to have to practice the fundamentals of your faith more. And if you do them more than, you, than other followers of Christ— you will potentially see God do greater things in you because you're just simply practicing the fundamental things that Jesus wants for you in your faith. And then the other thing you said, the other kids began to rely too much on their athleticism and didn't develop their game. What's scary, in this passage, I didn't read the whole passage of John chapter 14, but he said we're going to do greater things, and those greater things will be done as we are filled, baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he's like, listen, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to empower you, to fill you, and to baptize you to do these great things that I am telling you that I want to do in your life. And we in our Christianity, sometimes we just simply rely too much on our flesh, on our own effort and our own energy rather than the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit working in our lives to help us accomplish all the things that God has to do. And simply at the end of the conversation, Kobe Bryant said, listen, it's just simply about the fundamentals. It's about the fundamentals. So today I want to talk about the fundamentals of our faith, which will put us on a path to greatness. If you are a follower of Christ, have been a follower of Christ for a long time, you're probably going to listen to this and be like, oh, this is so boring. Like, oh, I've heard this a billion times before. Listen, I'm talking about layups. I'm talking about free throws. I'm talking about doing the fundamental of our things, which put us on a path to greatness. All right. Here's the first one. It's going to be completely radical. Ready? 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 Prayer. (laughs) Prayer. If we are going to do John chapter 14, 12 stuff, we are going to have to be praying constantly and consistently. I looked up a bunch of versions in this particular verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray constantly. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. Pray without ceasing. And another version said, make your life a prayer. You know, what's interesting is that I have never met anyone who has done great things for Jesus that said, Jeremiah, the one thing that is not really important to following Jesus is prayer. Have you, w- wouldn't that be crazy if someone actually said that to you? If they were like, you know, hey, the, the secret to doing great things for Jesus is not praying. <laughs> That's ridiculous because we see the life of Jesus that he lived a consistent, persistent, unceasing life of prayer. And that was the secret to his greatness. Do you want to be great for Jesus? Do you want to do great things? Do you want a John chapter fourteen twelve lifestyle? Then you have to pray consistently. It's fundamental. It's hard. We don't always feel like it. We don't always want to do it. We're busy. We have to be disciplined. But I want to challenge you to go back to the funda- simple fundamental of having a consistent, persistent Unceasing life of prayer, and it will you will be amazed if you just simply pray more, you will have a great life for Jesus. And I know again, I'm not talking about work, works based religion points, etc, but I bet you if I sat down with someone who prayed 10 hours a week and then I sat down with someone who prayed one hour a week, who would be more likely or probable to tell me that God is doing great things in our life? I would be willing to bet. That the person who prays more sees more of God in their life. Amen. Make a lifestyle a prayer. Make your your life a prayer. Number two, and these are simple. Reading his word. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Another version says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Another another version, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Another version. So I'm just giving you just lots of examples. Okay. Uh, and take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. That Greek word sword uh, is machara. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct. I did take Greek in college, but Uh, was a razor-sharp Roman sword used in close combat. And this whole passage, Ephesians chapter 6, is talking about the full armor of God, that we, every day as believers, that we should put on this armor of God, because guess what? Every day, every single day is a battle. We are in a battle. I was talking to my daughter about this other day, you know, and uh, not totally relative to this scripture, but encouraging her, hey, you know, Jesus has won the victory. He's won the war, but every day we have to battle. We have to fight in our faith, and the only way that we can win the daily battles of our spiritual life is constantly, consistently, and always carrying the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It has to be in our life. I was joking last night. I did do this teaching last night in a little bit different form, this a little bit shorter, but I was joking with our audience last night and I said, how many of you wear underwear, right? And I know this is, a, we were kind of laughing and joking and, and I didn't want to go too far with this because, okay, Pastor Jeremiah, don't go over the top. You shouldn't be talking about underwear in your sermon. But I was just kind of joking about underwear, like how many of you wear underwear, right? And, and it's, it's almost a silly question because all of us get up every day Put on our underwear. Put on our pants. Come on, let's be real for a second, right? Be like, don't talk. How could you relate this spiritually? All of us wear underwear. We do it naturally. It's like it's an essential garment of our of our our clothing, right? And this what this should be prayer. That prayer becomes natural. That it is like it would be like going out with no underwear because we're like, no. How could you not do this? This needs to become all of these things that I'm listening today, but specifically prayer and the Word of God. We need the Word of God every single day. It helps us fight the battle. It gives us victory. I've never met anyone who's done great things for Jesus. that said, Jeremiah, the one thing that is really unnecessary to your walk with Christ is the Bible. (laughs) Have you ever met a solidified bona fide, awesome person who loves and follows Jesus passionately that would say something crazy like that, they realize this is a fundamental of our faith that puts us on the pathway to greatness. People who are, you know, people who are rich in the word, they are able to have wisdom, discernment, and they do great things for Jesus. Amen? So prayer, the word. Number three, church. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25 says, let us consider how to inspire each other to greater love and to righteous deeds, not forgetting to gather as a community as some has forgotten, but encouraging each other and especially as the day of his return approaches. And here's another version that I really, really like. This is called the Passion Translation, which is becoming like my favorite translation. A guy, I randomly met a guy the other day who told me about this and it is awesome. All right, check it out. The Passion Translation. In this version, it says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. That word abandon, the Greek implies a person who is extremely discouraged. And you know, there are a lot of people... Discouraged with the church, but guess what? We need to get back together. I love how this verse says we need to do it in creative ways. We have, uh, we I think and I was reading, listening to a podcast the other day how we just really keep, we keep doing church the same way over and over again, and we need to be more creative. But you know, church, what this is supposed to do? What is supposed to happen in church as we gather as the church? As we're supposed to motivate each other toward doing great things for God doing, this version said, doing beautiful works, expressing the love of Christ. It's not a time to pull away and neglect meeting together. You know, it's so sad that a lot of people have this mentality and this mindset that is like, you know, I don't I don't really go to church or they just go to church every once in a while. Statistics say people go to church three times a month. It's not time to pull away. It's not time to neglect gathering together because it it, it is so vital. It's where we become... Powerful. And and, and again, if we are doing this right, it's where we're motivated, it's where we're encouraged, it's where we're blessed, it's where we're lifted up. Amen? So listen, I've never, I keep saying this phrase over and over again, I've never met anyone who's done great things for God that said, Jeremiah, the one thing that is really not that important as a Christian is going to church. Right? All right, so we got praying, which we need to establish as a fundamental of our faith. We have the word of God, the sword of the spirit. We have the life of the church because we are the church. Number four, this fundamental of serving you know mark chapter 10 verse 45 says for even the son of man did not come expecting to be served but everyone but to serve to serve everyone and to give his life as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many there is a phrase i encourage you never to use all right listen all right there's a phrase i hope that you never utter out of your mouth and if you do catch yourself and i want you to think about it and really think about what you're saying but there's this phrase, and I'm sure pastors will put this on their top 10 list of most disliked phrases that they've ever heard, is, I'm just not being fed, right? <laughs> I, I'm just not being fed. Uh, what a phrase. And here, I want to, because I, I'm sure we've maybe all have said that before, but there's a couple of things that I really believe is at the heart of that statement. And listen to me for a second. Here's the first thing. When people say that phrase, I'm not being fed, that's a very selfish Phrase. I mean that 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 means Christianity is all about. That's a very all about you phrase, which Christianity ha- is nothing about you. It's all about serving and giving your life to Jesus as a ransom and a price in exchange for what He has given you. Right. But here's what I think people are meaning when they say, uh, as at the heart of that is number one, when you when people say that, here's what I believe. Number one, that God is calling you to or away from something. When you begin to feel that, if you've ever felt that before, or you're feeling that right now, you know what probably is really happening is that God is actually calling you to something. Is that the reason there's this unsettled feeling in your life or not being fed is because you're not doing the things or expressing the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has for you. And you need to figure that out. So probably what you should do, which I'd highly recommend, is sit down with your pastor and say, hey pastor, I just feel like I'm not being fed right now. And that probably means that I need to be doing something more or releasing a new ministry or something in my life. Help me process that this out. Or, you know, it means that God could be, could be calling you or shifting you away from something to something brand new. So when you start thinking that or that phrase pops in your head, know that that's not really what, probably what you're really trying to, you're thinking, it's rather God's calling you to or away from something. And secondly, you're not serving people. If you, if you really mean that phrase, then you're not serving people and your Christianity is completely revolved around you because my going to church is not to get fed. It, it, that, that is not the purpose. The purpose is to encourage, to inspire, to pray for one another, to love one another. And at no point do I walk in with that mentality of saying, I need something. Rather, flip that script in your life. Take on the mentality that when you go to church, when you're gathering, I'm not just talking about Sunday morning, small groups special events, outreaches. You walk into that saying, you know what? I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm not here to like have it my way. I'm here to serve. I've never met anyone who's doing great things for God that said, Jeremiah, let people worry about their own faith and just focus on you. I highly recommend not serving people. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be, <laughs> what if I said that as a pastor? What would you think if I uttered that phrase? You'd be like, this guy is crazy. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. It's a fundamental of our faith. If we do these fundamentals consistently, faithfully, unceasingly, persistently, we will do great things for God and it'll put us on that path of greatness. Here's the last thing. I'll give you a thought and we're going to close up. Number five is giving. Matthew six twenty one says, For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And one other verse, a translation, for your heart will always pursue what you value as you treasure. What do you, what what do you value as your treasure? What's the most important thing in your life right now? Now, hopefully, <laughs> for followers of Christ, we we'll see you know, man, my life it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the center. Israel Houghton saying it. Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be in the center of it all. Right? Jesus, it's all about you. My time, energy, effort, money, skills. I'm challenging you to make a fundamental part of your faith giving your time, energy, effort, and money and skills to doing great things for God, to God's church, God's people, and the work of God. You will be blessed and God will take you to greater heights and greater levels. I guarantee it. If you do all these fundamentals, of faith. And they're not, they're not extravagant. They're not right. This is not secret sauce stuff here. This is not, (laughs) this is not hidden knowledge, but they're fundamentals of our faith. This is, this is, this will put us on a pathway to become spiritual Kobe Bryant's great for Jesus, right? Listen, I've never met anyone who's done great things for God that said, Jeremiah, the whole giving thing, totally overrated. You'd be much wiser to use all of your money on the things that you want and need in life. Man, church, God has called us to great things. He's called us to greatness. If you do these things more, you will do more and greater things for Jesus in your life. Let's chase greatness. Let's chase the great things of God, right? I mean, life is fun. There's a lot of things in life that we can invest our time, energy, and effort into. But let's all together as the church chase the greatness of God in our lives, our families, our home, our relationships, our churches. Amen. God bless you thank you for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I will talk to you later.